Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hear the words of our Lord. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is the word of the Lord. How many times have you heard that great love chapter in the Bible? You know that one that you will often hear at weddings. You know, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. I once heard this chapter of the Bible described by a brother pastor as one of the scariest chapters in all of the Bible. Why? Because it's a love that doesn't describe you. It's a love that you have not given. The Bible says that love is patient and kind. But you're not those things, not by a long shot. The Bible says that love is not irritable or resentful. But that's just the sort of person that you are. Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. But how can you love your enemies when you find it too difficult even to love your own mother? Your brothers and sisters with whom you have shared a home and tears and laughter. Later in the chapter, John would drive this point home strong when he'd point out that anyone who says, I love God, and then turns around and despises a brother, well, then he's just a liar. Because if you can't love your brother whom you've seen, how can you love God whom you have not seen? The sad and ugly truth is that our love is self-centered, egotistical and focused on all of the wrong things. Christian thinkers throughout the centuries, they did not recognize this as some sort of deficiency of love. The best thinkers, they've always recognized that each and every one of us, we are all made to love, hardwired for nothing but uninterrupted love. But all of those loves... Sadly, after the fall, all became tragically misdirected, pointing off in all the wrong directions and loving on all the wrong things. Mostly ourselves, of course, and worshiping at our own little fiefdoms and kingdoms with the same old idols, all the while making our world smaller and smaller and loveless, and colder as well. So, if God were to judge us based upon 
the misdirected loves of these hearts of ours, how could any one of us possibly stand before God? Well, that's why tonight's scripture reading really ought to cheer our hearts. Because we hear from St. John that it's not that we have loved God, but that he first loved us. And this is a burning and fiery love directed at one object, sinful man. And this love of God was made manifest and seen by all in God's action of sending his Son into the world that we might live through him. You see, what the world considers love is actually selfish and self-centered. But all true love can only, only be from God. Love describes the very character and heart of God our Heavenly Father, His beloved Son, and the light and love of the Holy Trinity. And this is very important. The Lutheran Reformation dealt with the fact that our loving of God and our works could never, ever be the starting point from which we define love. The Roman Catholic Church and today those souls stuck in evangelicalism, they muddle up these two doctrines, the important distinction between God's love, our love, and the free gift of salvation in the gospel. And in so doing, they obscure the merit of Christ and the pure glory of God. You see, our love, our love is always deficient, always lacking, or more accurately, tragically misdirected in all the wrong things. And sadly, in one way or another, this is the way it will always be on this side of heaven until the day when God rescues us and brings us to himself in heaven and perfects our love when we rest in him. But praise be to God, his love, God's love, is a very different thing from our love. Because God, unlike us, is not selective about who he loves based upon what he'll get in return. Instead, he stretches out his arms on the cross to embrace all even forgiving his enemies, and welcoming the repentant to join him in paradise. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And what moved Christ to do this for you? What motivated Christ to die for you and make full payment for your sins? Well, it was his heart of love for his Father, and for you, and for other sinners. This is love, preaches John tonight. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That great chapter on love in the Bible It can be a frightening chapter, especially when you carefully consider the love that you have failed to render to God and failed to render to those whom God has called you to love. That great chapter on love 
It sure is not a description of you, and certainly not me. But it is a description of him who has loved you. Just go ahead and put in the name Jesus for that love which the apostle describes. Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. Jesus is not arrogant or rude. Jesus does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Jesus' love never ends. And to hear that and to believe it is so comforting. Because human love, however noble and however highly motivated, always falls short. Especially when it refuses to include the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as the supreme object of all of its affections. But the love of Christ never fails. It is a love that has triumphed over all. Death and hell and even your misdirected loves, all to direct you back to him, the light and love of the Holy Trinity. For within the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is that perfect communion of love, the company of saints, our family, and our true home. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.